Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you'll get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855 853 4802 or writing at real You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, who or what is seen teaching in a classroom that has no children? More importantly, what is being taught? What lurks in the dark corners of a historic Italian restaurant in the UK? Is someone looking for a free meal? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi. I'm excited about some of these stories and a lot of calls that we have on the show today. Yeah, we have quite a few calls today. Should be uh, should be interesting. Yeah. Always enjoy the uh, the haunted restaurant stories. I don't know why, but for some reason I find them intriguing see that's funny because i like the haunted school story so we got both those are good too i mean i uh i, I it's it's funny because i like hearing the haunted restaurant stories and i like uh visually seeing the haunted schools mm-hmm. when i get a chance to to see them i don't know why it's always something creepy about them and i just i love exploring the old haunted schools And there's a lot of them out there yeah i, I always love uh kind of like when you go on road trips and you drive and I mean, it's sad because you hit a lot of smaller towns that have fallen on really hard times, and they have like an elementary school or a high school or something that's you know probably built in the 40s or the 50s and now just sitting there rotting away because mm-hmm. it's too expensive to tear it down. It's cheaper just to let it sit, but nobody's going to it, and it just looks like it's frozen in time. Sure. And I just I'd love to explore some of those if I weren't uh, afraid of getting shot by the locals <laughs> as they come out with their shotguns. Um, but uh, yeah, some interesting stuff there. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. If you'd like to share your real ghost story with us, of course, if you like the show, please, please support it. Lots of ways of doing that. You can become an EPP. You uh, They'll get you extra uh, bonus episodes. You sign up for that at realghoststoriesonline.com. Of course, uh, putting uh, some positive reviews up there on iTunes is a big help to us. Um, uh, comments, uh, sharing the show on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, all that stuff. Uh, keeps the show alive and keeps the show growing. So uh, whatever way you can contribute to help us uh, keep the show alive uh, is greatly appreciated, and thank you in advance for that. Let's uh, kick off the show today with one of those letters. We will uh, first go over to Hong, and Hong writes in before you read. I have to apologize for all the mistakes that I made while writing this story. I'm still a student and have a lot more to learn. I'm currently living in Vietnam, a country which has uh, the most extra classes in the world. At least that is what I read on the internet. The reason, in my opinion, is we students do not gain enough knowledge from school classes. Each class or period in all Vietnamese schools lasts for only 45 minutes, and the teacher's salary is too little for them to even live on. And the exams, such as a university entrance exam, require so many skills that textbooks do not mention. Primary school years are very important as children will learn a lot of primary skills. And if they fail to gain this simple knowledge, they will have a lot of difficulties in the long run. Of course, many parents are aware of this since their children are in the first grade. They've tried to find them good extra classes. So I did participate in some extra classes, and it was in grade four that I experienced an unbelievable and unforgettable event in one. It was a Wednesday morning, as I remember, when I came to the classroom. It was still early. There were only a few friends of mine, and the teacher had not come to unlock the door yet. My teacher did not teach in her house, but in a room belonging to an old apartment building that laid in a big lane, maybe because her house is not big enough. So I stood with them on the pavement, waiting and looking at the high houses and shops around. Then a black car went into the lane. 
We just watched it coming without knowledge, or without knowing uh, it would be driven into the pavement where we were standing. In order to avoid being hit, some of us, including me, leaned our back against our classroom window. The others ran further into the lane. Little did I know that when I turned my head around to look through the window, our classroom window was made of wood. There were no glasses, only slits. I would encounter a woman's face filled with darkness. At first I thought that was the face of our teacher, so I told my friends, The teacher is here! As you can imagine, we ran into the classroom door, only to find that it was still locked. I was terrified. I told my friends that I saw a woman in the classroom. Two of them said that they saw her, too. They also stated that they heard the woman say, Go away, I'm sleeping. Many years later, when recalling the event, I thought maybe they were lying. Maybe they thought that I made up the story in order to scare friends and they wanted to join. However, I swear that what I'm writing is true. While the frightening still covered, uh, covered us, our teacher came. Of course, uh, we told her the story, but she did not believe it, mostly because when opening the door, she found nobody in the room. That's my first and only experience of seeing a ghost. Well, until now, I still think that woman is one. I would think so, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's interesting that your friends say they saw her, too. Whether or not they did. You know how kids are. You saw her. And um, I wonder if it was a past teacher or something like that. What was she teaching? That's my question. What's a ghost teacher's teach? Do they Are they just kind of doing their regular curriculum? Planning period forever. Yeah, that they know about, or are they uh, are they teaching other things from the other side? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably just a normal everyday thing. Just how like you know, their ghosts kind of go through their regular routines and are kind of confused. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess it's probably the same with teachers. Just thinks she's getting ready for class to come in. You think she's getting ready, or do you think she has students there in Ooh. her world? Ooh, I don't know. You know, because I think she'd be really confused if there's no students there and she's trying to teach and she knows that it's teaching time, but nobody's showing up. Or it could be that infinite planning period. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a call. Uh, hello. Hi there. Um, so first time caller, big fan of the show. I just actually discovered it um, quite recently. Um, you've been filling my commute to work with your amazing stories and it's made the one and a half to two hour commute much easier. So my name is Craig. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. And um, I have um, quite a few stories actually uh, that are paranormal related, but the one that I wanted to share today was one that sort of I feel is kind of still following me to this day. So. I grew up in uh, a very small town on a farm in a very uh, near a very small town in Saskatchewan, um, which is our oddly named province <laughs> here in Canada. And it's uh, a town of about a thousand people. It's the nearest town. And I grew up on a farm that my grandparents um, started in around 1945. They had there was a, there was a house that was originally on the property that they tore down after a few years and they actually moved in another um, house that I'm not 100% sure of the history on but I know that it was at least from the early 1900s and then they built onto that house so my grandparents lived in that house until about 1988 and then my parents and my sisters and I moved in in the late 80s um, so as a child, the house was always sort of creepy to me because it was an old farmhouse and I always felt as a kid that there was something weird about this house, but, um, I could never quite put my finger on it and nothing as a child per se happened and the story I want to tell you is what happened within the last five years. So I moved away from home when I was about 18, and I moved to the big city of Vancouver. And uh, I went home, this was about four years ago, with my future fiance to meet my family. And we were sleeping in my old bedroom, and it was March, so it's normally quite chilly that time of year. And 
in the middle of the night, um, it got really cold in uh, in the room, and I woke up, and I I wear glasses, so I'm quite blind without them. Um, and I looked at the end of the room, and there was a man in his underwear, which I thought was my father, and said, "If you need more blankets, they're in the cupboard." So the house is old enough that there's no closets, there's no built-in closets. It's all um, like wardrobes or closet or like cupboards. And I was like, okay, it's weird timing that I woke up and. You know, I thought, well, maybe my dad was just checking on us. It wasn't that late at night. And so I got up. I got more blankets from the cupboard. And, you know, I put them on this and I went to sleep. And I thought nothing of it. So the next morning, um, you know, the day is going on as normal. And my fiancé says to me, it's really weird that your dad, like, came into our room last night in his underwear, like, to tell us to get more blankets. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you know, prairie people were nice. And he was probably just concerned about us, thought nothing of it. So then, the next night, we go to bed. Same thing. I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm really, really cold. And I look. I open my eyes. And there's my dad again, um, standing at the end of the bed. And I'm like, okay, weird. And then he just leaves the room and goes back into their bedroom. So I get up and I follow. And... I look into my parents' bedroom, and there's my dad in bed, fast asleep. And I'm like, well, that's strange. Like, maybe he was sleepwalking. So the next day, I, I bring it up to my dad. I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, I really appreciate you looking after us and making sure that, you know, we're warm. Um, but, you know, it's kind of creepy. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I didn't do that. So I chalk it up to, like, maybe he's sleepwalking or maybe we jumped in. So then the third night comes along, same thing happens again. I wake up in the middle of the night, cold, I look, and there's a figure standing at the end of the bed. So at this point, I get up, I go to my parents' bedroom, and I look, and again, my father's in bed. So this time I'm kind of concerned. Maybe my dad has like some sort of weird sleep disorder. Um, so the next day, I talk to my mom, and I'm like, look, like dad's sleepwalking. Keeps coming into our bedroom in the middle of the night and telling us to keep warm. And she's like, Oh, that's not your father. And I'm like, What do you mean? She goes, Oh, that's our ghost. So it appears that my mother knew about this figure, this man that apparently has been lurking around um, the upstairs of our old house. So I. I don't know, I sort of like brush it off, it creeps me out a little bit, I'm like, okay, my mom's weird, <laughs> and I don't know what this all means, but I know for sure that I saw something, and it wasn't a dream, and my mom has like confirmed it. So some time goes by, um, we move um, to a new apartment out of uh, Saskatchewan in Toronto, and after a few weeks here, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I swear there's someone standing in the corner of, of the bedroom. And I freak out, and I turn on the lights, and there's no one there. And my fiance is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I swear there was somebody in here. And, you know, they're like, it's okay, just go to sleep. You're dreaming, everything's fine. And I've never slept walked in my entire life. And over the next, over the last, sorry, three years, I've started to sleepwalk like crazy. I wake up um, on the couch and I don't remember coming there. I wake up um, in the bathroom. I've woke up um, in my closet and I don't know what's happening <laughs> or why I keep sleepwalking, but this, I feel like it's tied to this um, figure or person. And I feel like whatever I saw on my parents' farm has, I don't know, attached itself to me. I don't feel like it's a negative thing, but I just feel like there's something attached to me. Um, also, I should say, sort of to backtrack, the, so my parents' house that I grew up in and that my father grew up in um, has since been torn down. 
And I don't know if this entity has flashed on to me or followed me, but I know I'm not the only one that has felt it here. We also had um, a dog sitter that stayed in our house um, one day when I was kind of talking to someone about this story from, from you know, that happened on my farm. Um, she was like, is it a figure, like a man, and do they stand in the corner of your bedroom? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, I've seen him too. So there's definitely something going on. I don't know what it is. It doesn't feel malicious, but it's definitely um, creeps me out, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And um, I don't know what it is. But um, like I said before, there, I have many stories of, of um, hauntings, for lack of a better word, or... Um, things that have happened to me in my life so anyways that's my story i tend to ramble so i doubt you'll use this in your uh in your podcast but if you do awesome and uh i i I really love the show and i think you guys are great and um thank you for taking the time to listen to my story thank you surprise we used it (laughs) i'm wondering if what was at the grandparents previous farm which is now where the parents live if that ghost has followed you if he's if you're seeing somebody stand in your bedroom now and you're not in the same place as where you saw that benevolent underwear ghost that brings you blankets or tells you where to find them the benevolent underwear ghost that brings you blankets yeah thanks we have a jingle now it has a theme song so i don't know and with the the start of the uh, the sleepwalking, I'm wondering if you're right, if it's all connected and maybe there's something that's kind of attached, but it sounds like it's not a bad spirit. It's just somebody that like, <laughs> wants to hang out, I guess. It just turns you into a benevolent underwear ghost that brings blankets to people. <laughs> Do you? Th- I mean, what's interesting is the fact that the dad was not the one that was sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he, the, the son here actually is sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same action, but not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It is weird. It's almost like the actions of the, uh, the ghost mm-hmm. when it was in the situation where they thought it was the dad uh, are now manipulating the son to, to carry out those same actions. Could it be something where the entity no longer has the power to project itself on its own as essentially a sleepwalker um, and now has to use a human as the conduit to carry out its task whatever that is or why ever that is of sleepwalking and doing that sort of thing and now it's essentially kind of possessing our, our caller there well could be I mean I don't know if we want to use the word possession because it's not it's not like yeah it's not like evil foaming no. at the mouth levitating bed possession but stealing energy maybe so sure or manipulating him to do things at night maybe so yeah my other thought was you had said that the where this all started was your grandparents farm which your parents know live at and i don't honest you know i don't know and i don't think you stated whether or not it was your mom's parents or your dad's parents but if you kept seeing this ghost that you kept thinking was your dad I almost wondered if it was like maybe and your your grandfather may be alive but maybe it was your dad's dad but a younger version of him sure like a, a sibling that looks similar and yeah it's a yeah very interesting what about the part where he woke up uh, or where he woke up and he found that he had slept walked and put the cat in the microwave he didn't do what do that. you feel about that part? I was paying attention and he did not do that <laughs> uh Almost had you. Nope. Okay, not really. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's, uh, it's a good thing we, uh, we've covered our microwave up now because our little one is doing this thing where she's putting everything in the microwave. Yes. And I could see her trying to put the cat in the microwave thinking, warm up, meow, meow. You know, yeah. if the cat's cold in the garage or something, because she's thoughtful and she doesn't really, I think, understand a lot of things. I could see that being a very bad thing happening. Oh, that would be a very bad thing. I don't know that she would do that. 
<laughs> but it's behind child locks now, so it won't happen either way. Meow, meow, toasty. 855-853-482. And I said that because whenever she gets the cat, she's like, I got you, meow, meow. That's what she calls the cat. We should just rename the cat meow, meow. <laughs> I think my dad had a cat named that. Really? Seriously. Yeah. It was Mew Mew. That was its name. Okay. So there you go. Uh, let's go to Catherine in Minnesota. Hi. Hi, my name is Catherine Quella. I have worked for Real Ghost Tours uh, for about five years, which is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and I've also been a paranormal investigator for 20 years. Um, my whole story began working at Real Ghost Tours uh, with my daughter, Mira, who is a psychic uh, medium. She can actually see spirits and also see how energy connects to certain places and people. Uh, I work at Real Ghost Tours, uh, you know, starting in the winter of 2010, approximately. And um, when I first started off, I had had lots of paranormal experience. Um, from my background, I was uh, psychic and a medium as a child. I could hear spirits. I, I generally couldn't see them, but I could hear them. It was like a radio or a TV had been left on, and it scared me half to death. I would pray for it to go away, and when I got pregnant with my first child right out of high school, it actually metamorphosed into something different. It, it, it was able to be controlled where I could pick it up on a, with a recording device instead of having to always deal with hearing, you know, hearing these uh, disembodied voices. Um, the recording devices can be anything, really can be video camera, uh, you know, digital recorder. And uh, my daughter, however, can actually see these things. So when I go into investigation, I like to take her along. Otherwise, I feel blind. Um, but if I can't have my daughter, I bring a little spirit named Tommy. Now, Tommy is a boy that I met at Real Ghost Tours. And St. Anthony, Maine is, a, is the location of Real Ghost Tours. It's down by a river in the beginnings of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, and in that about 1850s, it was an industrial complex. Um, they pretty much had a bunch of mills, flour mills, that kind of thing. Well, little Tommy um, was a little boy who died of an illness around Prohibition time, and his mother was an entertainer. Uh, she worked at a speakeasy down the street, and he worked for a, a mattress factory while his mother was entertaining. Now, he didn't, uh, he didn't die in the factory. A lot of children died in the factory due to losing limbs due to the hydroelectric power. Um, they ran all the machines on hydroelectric, and none, nothing could be shut off. So the little kids would have to run in and change spindles and stuff while the machines were still going which gave rise to the arm and limb factory, the prosthetic arm and limb factory, which was down the road. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of little mangled children's spirits in that area. But he instead died of an illness, um, respiratory illness, and he's about six. And he attached himself to me approximately five years ago, and he calls me mommy. And if I can't bring my actual daughter in with me to investigations, then Tommy comes with me. And he will say, Mommy, there's, there's a monster here. If there's a bad spirit in a location um, or, you know, to let me know there's something, something really bad to be aware of. Or he'll tell me, you know, Mommy, there's a woman here, you know, and he'll explain her. So I actually have him as my son now, and he will explain uh, various things to me that I can't see. Um, if I'm having spirits that are not interacting with me for whatever reason, Tommy will tell me why and describe them. Um, my little son, who is eight, has seen Tommy. He has played with Tommy. And he t tells me um, that Tommy looks very similar to him with blondish hair. Um, he's in a yellow shirt and blue pants. And um, and we at one point got a kind of a fuzzy picture of Tommy, but we've gotten thousands of recordings of him. And, um, you know, the saga goes on. I, I just have so much experience with Tommy throughout the years. I can always have him come 
you know, entertain people on the ghost tour. Uh, he can light up everyone's EMF detectors, and he can fiddle with our equipment, um, and everyone always gets to meet Tommy. It's pretty fun and exciting. And so um, now I consider him my son. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of weird. I've heard your show, and I know that there's somebody else who uh, has a daughter, ghost daughter. But um, I've adopted Tommy into our family, and uh, he is just a wonderful little boy. And I think it is sad that there are ghost children, but I think that the living can kind of make up for it. And I also think other spirits tend to adopt children that are lost on the other side. Um, why are spirits stuck here? Uh, I think there's many reasons. I think there's some type of netting uh, for some reason that doesn't allow spirits to move on. I also think it's something that maybe they are, um, you know, caught up with from their own life. That's not, it's residual. It's something that's not worked out. Um, you know, I think they're in transition. So there's different reasons. Not all. And that's where she cut off. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, we got the story at least out of her. Yeah. So what do you think of little Tommy? I think little Tommy's uh, pretty interesting. It's it does kind of remind me of the uh, the Sarah Sarah story a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's interesting. I think we should open a, a ghost adoption agency where no. pe- people can adopt uh, ghost spirits of children. Oh wow, that sounds like a big mess. I don't think anyone's done that yet. No, probably not. No overhead. No headaches of child protective services, or it's just it's all. It's all there. <laughs> so I couldn't help. I'm I'm kind of a dork like this. When she mentioned the... The limb factory? The limb factory. I had to Google it. And of course, there's a picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. Big limb yeah. factory there in Minneapolis. I don't know if it's still... Nothing like... A uh, hub for production of prosthetics or if that's since yeah. closed down. But. Simulating the local economy by having the kids work and losing limbs. That's... Uh, that's why we have child labor laws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, the thing is, you have to think... I mean, it's sad and it's disturbing, but you have to think that uh, somebody thought, hey, here's a great way to profit. <laughs> I can make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a market for this. All the kids are losing their limbs. instead of Instead of like lobbying to like change you know what's going on and really trying to change people's minds of hey maybe we shouldn't have little tommy and Susie getting their arms ripped off down at the mill uh they thought hmm i'm gonna make a fake arm out of this birch tree and i'm gonna sell it yeah (laughs) ah it's a free market at work well and uh big player in not only the child labor and the mutations that happened to yeah. the children because of that, but a big player in that whole industry was the fact that that started up on the heels of not only the Civil War, but then sure. the First World War. So sure. you had a lot of people coming back without limbs. And mm-hmm. there you go. There's a market. Yeah. Interesting, interesting story. Thank you for calling in and sharing that with us. We do appreciate that. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, Let's go to Chris. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. This is Chris, and I am going to tell you a story called Johanna. Um, Johanna was uh, a woman that lived in the 20s in Wyland, Kentucky. And uh, there's a song about her from uh, Bobby Mackey. And if you ever watched uh, anything about uh, Ghost Hunters or something like that, I, I forgot the name of the TV show, but it, it, uh, it explains it, how it was haunted by a woman. Um, well... I have an experience of, uh, of Johanna, which is funny <laughs> because um, um, the only thing I have connection with her ex-lover is that I'm a mu- ex-musician, and maybe that's what she's attached to, anyone who's a musician, you know? And, um, okay, so this is the story. Um... I lived in, I lived in Illinois, 
called Oak Forest. And where our, there are maybe about five houses. Sorry, that's the air, that's the heater. Um, there's about five, five houses and behind the, or apartments, behind the apartments are the, the small little, little, uh, the small little parking area, you know, and then next to it is a little parking area, and then across from it, I mean, you know, from the, the parking lot is the uh, is the uh, other set of apartments. I should say next to it. Um, now there are there's there's a, a little patch of forest going between two properties and but there's an actual fence in between between uh, the permits I live and then the one next door and then um, on the other side there's a sidewalk that leads either underneath the bridge or you can take the other sidewalk which will take you to, to the metro metro train and then on the other side of the metro train it's just it's just a patch you know grass and then and then you go a little bit farther there's houses um <clears throat> so it happened one night and you know it was summer and it was just like every other night quiet and I was on the second floor and I walk back and forth through the uh, walkway and you know look at the stars or just walk you know and you know I didn't think anything was going to happen and um, well something did as I was walking back towards the parking area uh, I start hearing music and I thought oh strange and and it was a song from Bobby Mackey. He wrote the song called Johanna, and the songs are playing. But it sounded like it was on a record. I thought, oh, that's kind of strange, because I didn't think the song was, you know, that old, you know, from the 80s. Um, and I started hearing it, and it was loud. What I mean by loud is <laughs> It was the apartment, like, a par I mentioned the apartment across from me. That's exactly where it sounded like it was coming from, but really loud. And, and I thought, oh, somebody's playing the music. Oh, how strange. And, and I just wanted, out of curiosity, I, I wanted to, to find out, you know, who's playing the song, you know, and, you know, I was trying to see anyone who opened the window and was playing, blasting the music. That's what I thought it was, logically, you know? Makes sense. And that's not where it was coming from because most of the lights were off and there was only a few lights on in different apartments, but it didn't make any sense because the windows were closed. So, they're okay. Okay, that doesn't make sense. And the weird part was it faded. The song faded and then it came the song came from the other side of the train track and I thought, What? Like I said, logically it does not make any sense whatsoever. So I you know, went to to the little walkway and that leads to the um, metro, where the metro train is. And I walked on the other side, and I swear that's where the, the, the music was coming from, and it was just weird. And across, I don't know, maybe it was 15 yards away, I, I can't really say, but uh, I saw a man. And I saw him because 
the light was on him and he just stared at me and I stared at him and he walked towards me and he says, oh, you hear the music too. I go, yeah. I said, but the weird thing was it was coming from the apartment above me, not, not, um, not on, not across the, not work across the, uh, the train track. Strange. And then it faded again. The song faded. And it just went from there to back to the, like, the music song, like it was coming back, uh, it was getting louder from, uh, the apartment, uh, the apartment across mine again. And it was like weird. Me and the guy was just like looking at each other like, what is going on? So we went back, back towards where I live. And, and it was really weird because the hairs of our arms were sticking up. It was just scary. But like, um, like I was in the twilight zone and it was just really weird. And, you know, it, it just didn't make any sense. And, and I said, look at, I told the guy, look. And, and you can see the hair in my arms sticking up and his, the hair of his arms were sticking up too. And it was just weird. I said, listen, I said, I understand ghosts when they're haunting a house that they have control of the environment, but this stuff, hi, this weird. And, and then as we talked, the, the song ended and got quiet again. Me and him just looked at each other like, what the heck is going on? What I mean, I swear, I mean, neither him or I didn't know what was going on. It was weird. And he, he went home and that was it. Uh, that was it for that night. But I did hear the music, Johanna, on Johanna by Bobby, Bobby Mackey a few more times. Weird. So that's my story. And this is Chris. Bye, guys. So I'm probably going to date myself, but I've never heard of Bob, Bobby Mackey. Have you ever heard of Bobby Mackey? Uh, I've heard of him, but it's it's not anything in the realm of the music that I listen to. Okay. So nothing against it. I just don't really know much about him. Well, apparently the reason he wrote that song about Johanna is because he had a nightclub that was called Bobby Mackey's Music World. Mm-hmm. And it was on the site of where this originally happened this johanna that killed herself her her father owned a latin quarter club there and she was a dancer there and her lover and her were expecting she was five months along Mm -hmm. and her father had her lover murdered or murdered him herself himself nice guy so he the the lover died there and then she was distraught she tried to kill her dad he survived but she killed herself when she's five months pregnant Okay. And that was on the site of where his music world is, so we wrote a song about it. Okay. That is known as the most haunted nightclub in America, supposedly, and houses supposedly a gateway to hell. Oh, I wonder if that goes up on the marquee ever. Gateway to hell night, two for one domestics. <laughs> Only if it's a band's name. You know, I, I the the last place that I think I want to go and have a beverage or two is a place that has the gateway to hell in it, um, you know, or, or anything that's that's like a dark, dark spirit. Uh-huh. Because honestly, I feel like that sort of thing can like essentially kind of you're asking to be uh, having those things attracted to you. Sure. The more you drink, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking that that could be essentially just you know the best playground for the dark forces right there, uh, but uh, not exactly the place where you want to go and. Uh, have one or two, but I think you go beyond that, then you're starting to open up your doorway of whatever the hell else is trying to be attracted to you at the Gateway to Hell nightclub. There you go. What's a nightclub called? Is it Bobby Mackey's Music World? Is that yeah, the and I'm not sure if it's still open or not. Okay. I know I've heard of it before. 
Is this in Minneapolis? Where, where, where is this? This is it's in- outside of Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati, okay. Um, just south across the river in a place called Wilder, Kentucky. Okay, very interesting. Interesting stuff. Thank you for uh, for sharing that story with us. Our phone number, 855-853-4802 here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Laura writes in, hi, I'm Laura from England. Love your show and will hopefully be an EPP in the future. Anyway, I've had many spooky things happen to me, but we'll leave those for another letter. The story I wanted to tell you is about when I used to work at a family-run Italian restaurant in the village next to where I live. The first building on the site was a school in 1792, but a new school was built in its place in 1863. I bet the locals still call it like the new school. The new school. <laughs> Go to the new one over there, the 1863 <laughs> one. Over the years, it's been used as a uh, girl guide uh, and scout hall, extra classrooms for the senior school, and general community use. It was then adapted as a restaurant building in the 80s and changed hands once more to the people I then worked for. Complicated, I know. Sorry. It's a beautiful building with big arched uh, lead-lined windows, a gray slate roof, and red brick walls. A very high ceiling covered the main building area, so it was very well lit in the day with natural light. Still, you felt like you were never truly alone when it was empty. I was closing up the restaurant one evening, and the last customers had left. While cleaning the coffee machine, I saw a tall, dark figure move very quickly in a fluid motion from the front door to the customer toilet area. Behind the coffee machine on the bar, I knew I had closed and locked the door and found it odd that someone could have gotten in. I checked both of the toilet areas to find no one. I asked the kitchen staff if they had seen anyone, but come to find out, they hadn't. From what I could remember, the figure looked like a priest, the kind that wear the very long black robes and white band tucked into the collar. I found out the history of the building and discovered that because of the building being in the churchyard, priests would teach the children and at one time have been uh, ha- and have been had or heard by teachers of the school. The toilet area was supposedly where the teacher's office was. I've always felt a very oppressive atmosphere in that area of the building. It's very cold and a small layout. A few customers asked me over the years if the building was haunted. Each time people have described being alone in the bathrooms and a shadow appearing next to the sink in the men's room that wasn't theirs. One day during the afternoon, I checked the ladies' toilets and the tap turned on full blast on its own. The taps have a handle that has to be lifted to use and were quite stiff to move. I jumped out of my skin and said out loud, Stop it, that isn't fair, and turned the tap off. It didn't happen again to me, but friends who worked there said it happened to them. I worked there a lot during the day, and business was slow between two and four, so I decided to set up the tables upstairs for evening shift. I was cleaning the tables, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a child standing next to me. I turned to look, but they had disappeared. Because of the amount of loyal customers we had, it wasn't uncommon for families to walk up the road and let their children run in and talk to us before the parents got there. I looked down the stairs over the banister, but there was no one there. Upon walking down the short flight of stairs, I had the names Thomas and Charlie pop into my head. I had no idea where these names came from. I explained it to a friend who worked there with me who was sensitive and told me, without saying the names to her, that they had heard the names Thomas and Charlie. Hmm. So it makes me wonder. They could have been children that went to school there, but the apparition appeared on the stairs section, which was only added in 2001. Maybe there are a spirit uh, who is free to roam and can move in the environment no matter how it changes. Like grounded spirits that are aware. It would make sense for the cheeky goings-on in the restaurant. Glasses would move, things would be shifted on the tables, cutlery would clink by itself, footsteps could be heard on the back stairs at night. So it leaves me thinking it was possibly children. Anyway, sorry for the long story. There's a lot more I could go into, but feel your other listeners need time for their stories too. Take care and the best wishes to you both, Laura. Maybe the school that was originally there from, what, 1792? Maybe it was originally two stories, so the kids were still thinking they could go upstairs and as part of the school. Yeah, and we hear that a lot where buildings have been renovated and people see like the apparitions of ghosts literally like floating like midway through the air and then come to find out, oh, the building had a second floor or a balcony or something that is no longer there but did hold something at one point in time. Sure. So that, uh, that would make logical sense yeah. for an illogical topic, <laughs> if you will. So... 
Sorry. <laughs> Are you choking? Uh, yeah, okay. sometimes you choke me up. Yeah. Hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, let's go over to... We just had Chris, right? Yes. Okay, let's go over to April and uh, hear uh, that story. Hi. Hi, my name's April, and I have a ghost story for you. Uh, back when I was in high school, there was a ghost story about the math classroom upstairs. The uh, high school is called Kellogg'sville High School in Wyoming, Michigan. Um, apparently, a lot of things would happen in the classroom, like a lot of paranormal stuff. And I found out from the math teacher that back during the 1960s, a young girl was in the math classroom, and she said she had a really bad headache, and she went home. Well, when she got home, she died of a brain aneurysm, and the ghost story of a ghost is that her spirit went back to the school and has haunted the math classroom there ever since. Now, I went to school there in the 1980s, so... There was always, like, paranormal stuff going on in the classroom. Things like sometimes, like, the uh, the uh, chalkboard erasers would just, like, fall off the chalkboard or the blinds on the windows would just start moving. Um, I wasn't the only person who had an experience with it. I mean, there were a handful of kids that saw, saw things there. Um, handful of times people have actually seen the ghost of the girl in the classroom uh freaked out enough substitute teachers to where once they taught there once they didn't want to come back and teach in that room again but i just wanted to go ahead and call and share my story i got tons more about other places i've been to thank you bye-bye well thank you for calling in with the story so <clears throat> we're what three haunted school stories today yeah <laughs> isn't that funny how they just come in clusters it is interesting because some it's like you couldn't you couldn't plan like the theme for the show but sometimes the show just kind of makes its own theme yeah it does very much as you as you go through it so yeah very interesting thank you for uh, for sharing that story with us 855-853-4802 that's our number here at real ghost stories Online. Let's go to uh, a caller in Ohio and uh, get that story. Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Ray. I'm from Ohio. Um, I've been in debate about calling in to your show for a bit, but I have a story that I feel I need to share. Uh, first off, I love you guys. I'm going to become an EPT soon, and I really appreciate what you guys do. I think this is a great outlet. Um, I'm not really sure where to start, uh, but basically this is something that happened in my childhood and it's a memory that I actually had repressed until recently. Um, my sister came to me, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump ahead and tell you what happened um, to bring it out. My sister came to me and told me that my niece keeps telling her about her imaginary friend who is this man that's in her life. and. At first, my sister just kind of passed it off as, oh, she's a toddler, she's got an imaginary friend, okay. But then it started getting kind of, and was becoming kind of aggressive. She would start yelling at her parents to not sit places because the friend was there, the friend was mad, the friend didn't like them. And then one day she started screaming when she saw a picture of my sister's father who passed away um, about six years ago prior to the birth of her child and um, she's never seen a picture of him before and she and my sister and her father did not have a very good relationship so uh, when she saw the picture of him she said that that's her friend that she keeps seeing around the house so it, it freaked my sister out and my sister's like have you did you ever have an imaginary friend as a kid and I remember back to when I was three and this is something that I had blocked out um, when I was a kid, I had seen a man in my house, and I can't tell you what he looked like. I, I think he was a shadow, and I kept seeing him, and I kept telling my parents that the man was in my room at night. And it, thinking about it now, it terrifies me because I've moved back into my childhood home, 
um, to kind of help fix it up for my family. And it's a frightening thing. But I remember telling my parents about it over and over again, and they actually brought a priest in to bless the house. And I particularly remember when he was blessing the house, they asked him if he would bless me with holy water. And when he put the water on me, I remember screaming, it burning me so badly. And I remember running out of the house into the front yard as a three-year-old screaming and trying to climb the tree and just getting myself cut up and not even caring that I was just destroying myself, trying to scale this tree to just get away from the man with the holy water. And my parents never really talked about that um, until a couple of months ago. My mom had brought it up right before she passed and kind of said, remember that time that we, we brought a priest in to bless the house when you were little and you said the holy water burned you? And I told her I didn't remember it, but it kind of came flooding back to me. And I thought, yeah, that happened. I kind of remembered that. And I didn't remember why they did it until my sister brought up her situation. So I just wanted to share that. Um, it kind of freaks me out thinking back to it now. Since then, I've touched holy water. It doesn't burn me anymore. But, um, yeah, I decided to call in and share my story with you guys. Uh, once again, love what you do. And uh, I look forward to listening to you guys every day. You get me through my work day and help keep me sane with some stories that can sometimes seem a little insane. And I absolutely love it. So thanks, guys. Bye. Well, I think it's a good sign if the holy water doesn't burn you anymore that whatever was, you know, around has probably left. Even though that was a long time ago. But that's that's not a good thing when you have a reaction to holy water. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd say that sentence out nope. loud in your life? Nope, that's one for the book. It's not a good thing when you have a reaction to holy water. Yeah. That's uh, that's something you don't probably hear on Martha Stewart Living. <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing when you have a reaction to holy water. No, it is good that things have cleared up there. So thank you for, uh, for sharing that story with us. Our number is 855-853-4802 if you'd like to share your real ghost story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And of course, if you'd like more episodes of the show, you can get them by becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. Those are the folks that help financially keep our show a-going and uh, cover all those uh, hard costs that we got. It's only five bucks a month, and you get a bonus episode every single week and access to our back library of EPP episodes, 26 of them in full. You can binge for more than a day straight if you'd like on some really excellent episodes uh, of the show that you've never heard before. So check that out, and please support it. Uh, you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. So for Jenny Brewski, I'm Tony Brewski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>